following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. So, God spoke to me while I was away and said, John, do more sermon series in your church about becoming a healthy Christian. And so, I'm going to start a series this morning on how to become a healthy Christian. How many of you want to hear this? I'm telling you, I'm so excited about this message that I'm going to be, at least the next three weeks, it might go past John Mellor into four and five. I, I, I just want to put it into your spirit. So, you know what? I'm going to be teaching you this morning. So if you've got pen and paper, I want you to start taking notes because I really believe that what I'm about to share with you will become a deep foundation stone in your life. Now, the title of the series that I'm starting is called Enemy at the Gate. Enemy at the Gate. So the whole premise that we have is this, is that our life is like a house. So if you turn to Luke eleven twenty four to 26, this gives us the foundation scripture for understanding that our house is like, our, our life is like a house and there are gateways to our house where people gain access to our house through gateways. And the whole premise of this is that the enemy lurks at these gateways looking for access. And we as Christians can actually give access to the enemy to come and wreak havoc in our lives, even though we're that temple of the Holy Spirit as Christians. So, so this is, let's, let's read this and then we'll move on. Luke eleven twenty four to 26 says, When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finding none. He says, I will return to my house from which I came. When he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Now, the whole premise of this is that, is that the enemy can be thrown out, but if you don't lock the gate, you don't lock the doors, you don't create the safety zone around you, all the gates are still open, all the doors are still open, all the windows are still open. He comes in and says, wow, this is clean, this is awesome, this is better than it was. Hey, buddies, there's more room for all of us, come on in. And the next state's worse than the first. So what do you have to do? You've got to lock the doors got to shut the gates got to make sure that the enemy can't get in can anybody say amen to that look what i don't want to do today is to frighten you off but what i do want to do today is to give you teaching because so often what happens is this is that we are really taught on having a positive confession and so And so a positive confession is a wonderful thing, and I'm right into a positive confession. I mean, people ask me, John, John, how are you? And my response is, I'm on fire, and the devil's a liar. (laughs) How many of you love that response? (laughs) Turn to the person next to you and say, how are you? And And then say, I'm on fire, and the devil's a liar. I, see, I believe in a positive confession. I'm a big believer in a positive confession. 
But it doesn't matter how positively you confess something. If you've given the enemy a key to the gate, he's still going to come in. And the positive confession isn't going to overcome. And so we've got to understand that there are keys that we give to the enemy. And so over the next few weeks, I'm going to be sharing with you what the main gateways that the enemy lurks at to gain access to your home are so you can lock the gate and keep the enemy on the other side of the gate because he's lurking at the gate. So, so let's get it right, right from the beginning that when you are saved... You have the Holy Spirit living within you. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that you are the temple. You are the house of the Holy Spirit. But let me, um, let me just explain very clearly here that even though we can be the temple of the Holy Spirit, doesn't mean that we don't give the enemy access to do havoc in our lives. And so we are the ones that determine whether we lock the enemy out and just keep our property, the property of the Holy Spirit, or whether the enemy gets access through the gates and just does havoc all over the place. You say, well, where's the scripture for that? Okay, turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. Ephesians 4, 27. This is a fascinating scripture where Paul is writing to Christians. He's writing to the Christians in the church in Ephesus. And this is what he says to them in Ephesians 4.27. He says, do not give place to the enemy. Now, what's interesting is to do a word study on that word place. I challenge you to do it when you get home. Because this is what it means. It means do not give the enemy a spot in your life, a place in your life, a room in your life. In actual words, if you, if you extend it, it means do not give the enemy a spare room in the house. Don't give him occupancy. Don't give him tenant rights. He might not own the house. But he can come in as a tenant and have legal rights within the house. This is what Paul is saying. I challenge you to do a word study on this and and, and actually open up what Paul is saying. Do not give place to the enemy because he's talking about giving the enemy tenancy within your home. And so so what, what what I'm going to be doing over the next few weeks is showing you at least six, if not more, gateways that the enemy comes in. The only way he can get access through that gate is for us to give him a key. And if we give him a key, he'll unlock the gate, come in and take tenancy on God's property. And you know what? Until we expose it, he will wreak havoc. So let, let me share with you. Let me again lay a foundation and share with you how the enemy comes to you. He'll come in one of two forms. He'll come either as a liar or a lawyer. In, do you like that? Huh? Come on. Now, just don't be mean. That's all I can say. A liar 
or a lawyer. In, in Revelation chapter 12, verses uh, 9 and 10, it talks about the enemy being a deceiver and an accuser. So that's him, deceiver, accuser, liar, lawyer. So the deception comes from lies and the accusations comes from the lawyer. Liar, lawyer, deceiver, accuser. So, so that's how the enemy comes in one of two forms. Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse 44, that the devil is a liar. Everybody say, I'm on fire and the devil's a liar. <laughs> See, all you're doing is saying what Jesus said. And so in John chapter 8, verse 44 says, he, he talks to the Pharisees and he says, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of lies. Now, this is Jesus exposing the devil for being a liar. And he tells us five things about the liar. He tells us, first of all, that the devil does not stand in truth. He cannot tell you the truth if his life depends upon it. And so whenever the enemy comes speaking to you, he will lie to you because he does not stand in truth. Then Jesus says, there is no truth in him. Get it right, folks. There's no truth in him. Then he says, and when he speaks a lie, he speaks out of his own resources. What that word resources means, it means nature. He speaks out of his own nature. That's his nature. He's a liar. Huh? Just an amazing thing. A liar. You, you, you heard the story about the frog and the scorpion, haven't you? You haven't heard the story of the frog and the scorpion? I like it. You tell it again. Well, the scorpion wants to cross the pond to go to the other side. And he goes to the frog and he says to the frog, I need a lift to the other side. And the frog says, but you're a scorpion. You'll sting me. I can't give you a lift to the other side. The scorpion says, but I need to get to the other side. And why would I sting the very resource that's causing me to get to the other side. So the frog says, get across. Halfway across, the scorpion stings the frog. And as the frog is dying, he says, why did you sting me? And the scorpion says, because it's within my nature. The point that I make is this. When the enemy comes to you as an angel of light... He's a liar. He will pretend that he's an angel of light, but he'll tell you lies. And you've got to learn to expose the lies of the enemy. And the Bible says that he's the father of liars. Now get it right. He's the father of liars. Okay. Now when God comes to you, he tells you the truth. How many of you know that? And the Bible tells us that faith is the essence of our relationship with God. And all faith is, is believing the promises of God. Come on, write that down. Faith is believing the promises of God. 
And Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, what does that mean? It says, unless you believe God, how can you please him? Come on, I'm trying to make it as simple as possible. But let me tell you what happens with the enemy. He doesn't want to create faith in your life. He wants to create fear in your life. And how does he create fear in your life? He comes and tells you his lies. And so you've got a choice. Whether you're going to believe the promises of God and build faith, or whether you're going to listen and believe the lies of the devil and create fear. And I'm telling you, if you are living in fear, you are listening to the lies of the devil and not the promises of God. Come on. Can anybody say amen to that? Can anybody say, man, that is so true. See, when you look into your future, is your future filled with faith or is it filled with fear? When you look at tomorrow, is your tomorrow filled with faith or is it filled with fear? Because I can tell you who you've been listening to by the simple response to that question. If you tell me, John, when I look into tomorrow, my whole life is filled with faith. I'm telling you, you're listening to the promises of God. God's speaking to you. But if you look into tomorrow and you say, John, I'm filled with fear. I'm filled with anxiety. I'm trembling at the very thought. Then you're listening to the lies of the devil. And I'm telling you today, as a man of God, you need to expose him as a liar, as a deceiver, and break his power over your life. You break the power of fear. I tell you, I feel the anointing all over me. So the enemy will tell you two things about you. This is how he lies. First thing, he'll tell you that you are what you are not. And the second thing he'll tell you is you're not what you really are. How does that work? Well, see, the the enemy will come to you with you are what you are not and say, but you're a sinner. But you're weak. But you're hopeless. And this is how he comes. He comes at your weakest moment. Do I look like the devil? (laughs) It's hard for your pastor to look like the devil, isn't it? (laughs) Let me get someone else up here that does. (laughs) (laughs) problem is that we got no one in our church that looks like the devil and so he'll tell you you're a sinner you're a failure you're hopeless you're finished you're useless you've messed up so bad that God can never use you again But you're divorced. You've been abused. You have been discarded by God. The enemy comes as a liar to tell you that you are what you are not. Because the Bible tells me that I've been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. There is now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Come on, just understand this, that your past is under the blood of Jesus Christ. Never, 
never will God ever confront you again with your past sins. How many of you think that's exciting? How many of you think that's wonderful? That you will never, ever, ever be confronted. No, you're not a sinner. You're a saint. But the enemy will come and tell you, you're not what you are. So he'll say, but you're not forgiven. And you've got to stand your ground and expose him as a liar because you are forgiven. He'll tell you, but you're not a child of God. And you've you've got to expose him as a liar and say, but I am a child of God. But you're not set free. And you've got to say, but well, who in the sun sets free? It's free indeed. I heard this story of this, this little girl that was just constantly being bombarded by the lies of the devil. And, and let me tell you, the devil is no respecter of people. He'll attack little kids and all the way through to the, to the older generation. He's just no respecter of people. Little kids can be attacked. Little kids can get into stress. I've seen little kids shaking at six years of age under stress. Just, just nervous wrecks. Why is that? Because they're believing the lies of the devil. Believing the lies of the devil. And so this little girl, she was struggling. She was struggling with the the enemy. And then she worked out what to do. And she said, Mom, I've worked out what to do when the enemy comes knocking at my door. And Mom says, well, what are you going to do? She says, I'm going to send Jesus to answer the door. (laughs) Don't you love that? I'm going to send Jesus to deal with it. Jesus, you live there. You deal with this. I'm just backing you. And so we'll hide behind Jesus. What a great place to live, hiding behind Jesus. Come on, how awesome is that? You are forgiven. You are a joint heir with Christ, but the enemy will tell you, you're not a joint heir with Christ. How can you be a joint heir with Christ? How can you? How can you? Let me tell you something. When the enemy comes to remind you of your past, and he will do that, he will remind you of, he will try to bring to memory every single one of your mistakes of the past because he wants you to live there. That's why he keeps reminding you of it. He will remind you of your weakness. He will remind you of your failure, all your past sins. He loves to remind you of it. But you know what? When it's under the blood, it's dealt with. Jesus is forgiven. You know, when we go to God and you say, hey, hey, God, remember this sin that I did 10 years ago? God says, I distinctly remember forgetting. Because that's the case with God. He says, I will remove your sins as far as the east is from the west. And every moment that passes, if, you know, we're traveling at the speed of light, every moment that passes, the east from the west gets further and further and further and further away. Come on. If, if, if it's past 10 years, my goodness, it's even further now than it was when you got forgiven 10 years ago. It's just, it just gets separated as far as the east is from the west. Can I tell you what to do when the enemy tries to remind you of your past? Remind him of his future. Come on. And the Bible tells us that the enemy will be thrown into the lake of fire forever and ever, and it will never, ever cease. So you remind him of his future. It's a good way to respond, isn't it? 
the way that the enemy gains access to our home is when we believe his lies. So he stands at the other side of the gate. The enemy's at the gate. And he stands at the gate and he throws the, you're finished. You're going to go bankrupt. Your family's going to fall apart. Your kids will never get saved. And as soon as we start believing it, our belief actually opens the gate. And rather than being on the other side of the gate, the enemy at the gate walks in. Why is that? Because by believing him, we give him access. Some of you have given the enemy access to your life by simply believing his lies. And today, by the Spirit of God, we got to expose some of those lies. we got to tell God what we are and who we are and tell the devil what we've just told God because God will confirm in our spirit who we are and what we are. And that way we can cast the devil on the other side of the gate and say, you cannot live here. Your lies are exposed. And now I do not live in fear. I do not live in shame. I do not live in degradation. I do not live in bondage. I rebuke those words in the mighty name of Jesus because whom the Son sets free shall be free indeed. Come on. Come on, take a stand. Take a stand. Take a stand. And I'm especially speaking to those people that are living in fear. I'm telling you, that is the telltale sign that the enemy is lying to you when fear grips your heart and you become stressful and you become tormented and this, this anxiety and worry grips your heart because you're projecting into the future and believing the devil's outlook is the right outlook. Instead of projecting into the future And believing God's outlook is the right outlook. Come on. Let me tell you the second way that the enemy comes to us. He comes to us not just as a liar. If we expose his lies, then he'll switch feet and come to us as a lawyer. You say, what does it say in the Bible that the devil is a lawyer? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because if you open up to Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, it actually declares that the devil is a lawyer. You say, oh, I've never read that in the Bible. Well, the Bible calls the devil the accuser of the brethren. How many of you have read that in the Bible? Well, it's interesting to do a word study on the word accuser. Because when you do a word study on the word accuser, you find that the literal interpretation of that is plaintive. The legal person in a place of law that actually presents before the judge the crimes of a person. That's the plaintiff, the lawyer. And so the Bible tells us that he accuses the brethren before God day and night. Now, let me tell you about Jesus. He's the defender of the faith. Jesus is our lawyer as well. Can anybody say, thank God for that? 
<laughs> How many of you say, thank God for that, that Jesus is our defender, that Jesus stands in the court of law as our lawyer? Okay. And so when the enemy tries to lie about us, well, Jesus can quickly defend us because he exposes the lies. He's all truth. Jesus is truth. It's fascinating, you know, when, when, when Jesus was standing before Herod and Herod said, well, what is truth? And Jesus didn't reply, but he just stood there. And it was like, you want to know what truth is? This is truth, me. Jesus is truth. There is no darkness in him. He is total truth. So when the enemy accuses you before God that you're a sinner, Jesus comes from the other side and say, "Uh, excuse me, can I just make a statement here that I clearly remember on that day in May, so many years ago, when John Juliano came to that altar and he said, Lord Jesus, will you forgive me of my sins? And at that moment, I cleansed him from his sins. And Father God, you've said in your word that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And even though the enemy has said that he's a sinner, I declare him to be righteous. And the judge says, that's right, exactly. The court of the law declares you, John Juliano, as righteous and the enemy goes back into his corner. How many of you love it when that defense is put and we get to win like that? But, you say, what? Is there a but? Yeah. What if the enemy in the court of law actually does have an accusation against you? What if the enemy in a court of law actually goes before the judge and says, but John Juliano has been in willful disobedience. You asked him to do this and he said no and I'll do this. How many of you know that at that point Jesus cannot defend us because willful disobedience opens up a gateway for the enemy. And so then the accuser, the accuser actually has an accusation against us. And because he has that accusation against us, he gets a key to the gate that opens up our lives and he steps right into that place and wreaks havoc. How many of you know that when the enemy has come in, he just wreaks havoc? He is the worst tenant possible. And doesn't matter what tenant insurance you take out to cover yourself, it's not going to cover the mess that he makes. And this is one of the gateways. I'm going to be speaking about more of it next week. Is willful disobedience, where we willfully disobey the word of God. Actually, the enemy comes in. What's fascinating about this, and I'll be sharing a little bit more about it next week, is this. How many of you remember the story in, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7? Just don't lose focus here because this is really important. And Jesus says, he who obeys, he, he who hears my word and does them is like a wise man who builds his house upon a rock. And the wind comes and the, you know, the, the, the storm comes and the house stands. 
But he who hears my words and does not do them is like a foolish man who builds his house upon a sand. And the wind comes and the storm comes and great is its destruction. So who's he talking to? He's talking who hears God's words but us. We're the ones. The, the children of the kingdom are the ones that hears the words of God. How many of you know the, enemy, the, the world out there is not listening to God's word? They're just, they're just walking in their own ignorance. But it's us as Christians that can get involved in willful disobedience. And this is us who hear the word of God and are just hearers and not doers. And so this is what Jesus says. He says, man, if you're a hearer and a doer, you've got a solid rock. Whatever you build on that solid rock, it's going to stand. And let me tell you that life will throw stuff at you. It's part of the package deal. The storm will come. Some of you are saying, John, I did not want to hear that. It's a fact of life. The storm will come. But there's a huge difference. What's the huge difference? Because I want to say to you about storms. Can I say something about storms? How many of you want to hear a word about storms? They come and they go. Woo! They've got a start date and they've got a finish date. And you will come out of it if, you're in a, if, if you obey God's word as the wise man who's built his house upon the rock. You'll come through the storm. The house is still solid. The house is still intact. What you've built is still there. Whatever you lost, God will replace. It's there. It's like, it's, 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 but then the flip side is the person who's built their house upon the sand. Because when the storm comes, and it will come, whatever you've built turns to dust. Whatever you've built just falls apart. And I, as your pastor, don't want that to happen to you. I, I, I don't want what you've built to turn to dust. I don't want what you've put effort and energy into just fall apart because you've actually, through your ignorance, given the enemy a key to the gate to your home and he's come in and whatever he touches turns to dust. And then you can stand there and say, oh God, please restore to me. And the enemy says, you know what? He gave me access and I as a tenant was able to do what I, and I just wanted to trash his place. Because that's what the enemy does. He trashes things. How many of you are hearing me today? How many of you are hearing me today? Because if, if after a storm, you look at what you've built and all you see is rubble, then that's probably a clear indication that you've heard God's word, but you haven't done it. And if you're in the middle of a storm right now, can I say to you, don't give the enemy an accusation in your life. Come on, stand your ground. Don't give the enemy an accusation in the court of law where he accuses you and Jesus can't defend you because what he's saying is right. And you've actually given the enemy a key to bring habit and destruction and decimation into your life. Come on, I love you too much to not share this message with you. I love you too much for you to ignore this message. It's a message from the very heart of God saying, 
Keep the enemy the other side of the gate. Keep the accuser at the other side of the gate. And my friend, if the enemy has an accusation against you that's real and true, then you need to deal with it today. Before you leave this building, you need to leave this building being able to block that gateway to the enemy and say the enemy has no accusation against me. Come on, Steve, come on up. I'm, I'm, uh, the plane is coming in for a landing. I'm just about done. All I'm doing is just setting a foundation for next week. And so you don't want to come late next week. Yeah, great. You're going to miss out on the six gateways. Those six gateways that give the enemy a key to unlock the gate and have legal right to create havoc and destruction in your life. I'm going to give you the solutions so that you block him out. How many of you want that? How many of you excited about that? Because I'm telling you, over the next few weeks, God's going to do some miracles in this place. God's going to break some bondages in this place. God's going to kick the devil's butt in this place. Huh? Come on. If you want the devil's butt kicked, give the Lord a great big hand of praise and say, yeah, yeah. And and, and listen, I I wouldn't be surprised if this morning, whatever I've preached doesn't get recorded or it doesn't get tuned because the enemy will do anything possible to stop this message getting out. But you're here and it's got nothing to do whether it reaches television or MP3 or whatever. You're here and your ears are opened and God's going to do something awesome. So this is what I want to do today. I want to give you the key to defeat the enemy in your life as we finish. It's so simple. It's not rocket science. Are you ready for it? James chapter 4, verse 7. Are you ready? Guess what it says? Therefore, come on, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Can't leave the first part of the verse out. Too many people are trying to resist the devil before submitting to God. You want the devil to flee from? How many of you want the devil to flee from you? How many of you want to lock him out of the gates? Well, here it is. Submit to God. Number one, submit to God. Submit to God. You know what submitting to God is? It's just this, this incredible act of coming into his presence and saying, God, I submit to you. I submit to you. I submit to you. I submit to you. And you know what? I finished early this morning so we can have a prayer meeting. Not an altar call, but a prayer meeting. You say, John, you normally do altar calls. Well, this morning, I'm going to spend 10 minutes praying with you. How many of you think that's awesome? Huh? Come on. And what we're going to do is that we are going to expose the lies of the devil we're going to submit. We're going to, first of all, submit to God. Then we're going to expose the lies of the devil. We're just going to come into a place where we're all going to come into a new level of submission to God, where we say, God, not my will, but your will be done. And uh, come on, let's all stand together. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Center Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 